no one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. You are listening to Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. Tonight we're sharing with you another special broadcast. This is from December the 29th, 2011. One of the things which we like to do from time to time is actually to randomly pull a broadcast and just listen to one. And we're always amazed what we hear a friend of Medjugorje say that prophetic nature of everything that he has been talking about for so many years. Here it is that this is coming along almost 12 years ago, and it's almost as if he's speaking about the situation today. And you could select just a few minutes of anything that he is saying in the course of the broadcast and apply it to today as if it's a situation that's happening right this moment. The title of the broadcast was, Where Does This Thinking Come From? So here is a friend of Medjugorje, December the 29th, 2011. And so we march off to Olivian, looking for others to do things that we should be doing ourselves and teaching others. It's okay for everybody else to do everything for you. We've got a letter that a bishop put out to Congress that expresses this in a clear way. A couple of weeks ago, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops called on Congress to extend unemployment insurance while seemingly claiming that such protection falls under the right to life and subsistence. The letter, which was sent through Bishop Stephen E. Blair, chairman of the Conference's Committee on Domestic Justice and Human Development, says that it is Congress's moral obligation to protect the life and dignity of the unemployed. Following is the letter of Bishop Blair. 
Dear Representative, As you complete your business for 2011, I urge you to focus especially on economic security for poor and vulnerable people, especially unemployed workers and their families. For millions of American workers and their families, economic hardship continues and grows. The U.S. Catholic bishops have long ad- advocated that the most effective way to build a just economy is the availability of decent work at decent wages. When the economy fails to generate sufficient jobs, there is a moral obligation to help protect the life and dignity of unemployed workers and their families. Therefore, I strongly urge you and your colleagues to find effective ways to assure continuing unemployment insurance and emergency unemployment compensation to protect jobless workers and their families. The median length of joblessness has reached 10 months, and economists estimate that there are over four job seekers for every opening. Pope John Paul II called such prolonged and pervasive economic pain a real social disaster. As you finalize federal spending priorities, I urge you to consider the moral and human consequences of your decisions on the most vulnerable among us, especially unemployed workers and their families. Sincerely, Most Reverend Stephen E. Blair, Chairman for the Committee on Domestic Justice and Human Development. I'm practically speechless. Oh, John Paul's right. It's a social disaster. But what he's advocating is a social disaster. I don't find that in scriptures. How have we wandered off the fables like Timothy wrote 2,000 years ago? Teachers would come and tickle the ears, and people would wander off the fables. The government owes you something? Where does this mentality come from? This is how we're going to renew things? The economy is supposed to give you this? Wasn't it St. Paul who said, when I was amongst you, I worked for my keep? Isn't it in the New Testament, for those who do not work, do not eat? Oh, yes, there's people hyping upon misfortune. But that's the church's responsibility, not the government. We've got this completely backwards. The bishops who've wandered off to this thinking are not teaching social justice, but socialist justice. We have a man's dignity when he lives from the government. It's not the government's job. Jesus has no place where he says, the Rome, you got to go feed these people. You got to do this. This is our responsibility as Christians. It's the church. It's mine. It's yours. And maybe, just maybe, we've wandered off to an economic system that's not of God. Do you think so? Do you think it's not under judgment? They're advocating until this thing continues. It's not going to continue. Our ladies come casting judgment. Her presence casts judgment on the system. It's corrupt. It's not the free market. It's not giving men without regulating him to death where he's free to make economy. Only a man, an individual man, can make his own wealth. You can't create it from the government. You can't call upon the government to solve these problems. That's what's, that's what's wrong. We vacated through Social Security taking care of the elderly. Why was Yvonne told by Our Lady it's a great delight for three generations to be under one roof? Doesn't mean they have to be underneath a singular roof, but your father and mother may be next door. You may be on your own patch of land. Where have we lost these truths? Even in our shepherds. 
Where do they get this kind of thinking? Well, the traces of his liberation theology. Liberation theology came from a lot of communist thought. Socialism begins with a premise, and that's what this is about, socialism. When you take money from one man's pocket and give it to another without his consent, it's socialism. It's that simple. Most of Europe's underneath this. Is it working or is it failing? Is it going to work in this country? Because we're underneath this now. This president, these people that we're underneath are advocating exactly what this bishop is. The government owes you something. Where's the incentive to get out and work? Like St. Paul said, people are losing their dignity. Almost 50% of the people now are on welfare and benefit. This hasn't benefited the people. It enslaves the people. That's what socialism does. And we've moved more in socialism and toward that path and this presidency than we've ever had in our whole history. I'm not saying we wasn't headed that way before. We have. But exponentially we have in the last three years now. So socialism begins with the premise, there is no God. Do you understand that? That's why Benedict was against this. That's why Pope John Paul spoke against socialism. And don't think, oh, we're in our Soviet socialist state. We're doing everything that they're not doing. They're going toward the free market. Yes, there's a lot of corruption there. The whole world is in corruption. That's why the free market doesn't really exist. You cannot be a Christian and a socialist at the same time. No more than you be a Christian and atheist at the same time. Our former socialist, Diktoskovic, said when he converted from Christianity, not only did he renounce atheism, he renounced socialism. Because in his view, atheism just simply masqueraded as a political philosophy. So the move toward socialism is always and will always result in the expulsion of Christianity from the public life. But what also follows that is the extinction of morality. Do you think all these things happen around the world? And morality and the rearrangement of marriage, all these things are, are not a result of socialism, which is a result of getting rid of God. Socialism begins that way. So we have a proliferation of totalitarianism, and this always will lead us to genocide. Many people like this bishop, not our bishop, we have some good bishops, should put in bishops like this, our bishop in Birmingham. We have good bishops, but we have these expounding this wacko philosophy. You know, Pope Benedict said when he became Pope, you know, you don't have to follow my opinions. This is an opinion masqueraded as doctrine of the church, as scriptural. Everything he said there is not, not scriptural. Or you can say, well, he's brother's keeper. Yeah, that, that's not what he's saying. He's saying the government is. I am. You are. There's a big difference. So it's erroneous thought for a Christian to think that socialism or the government, that Christianity itself meets physical needs. That's not the first priority of Christianity. The first priority of Christianity is the goal of the regeneration of the soul and the spiritual growth, bring it to conversion. That's our first priority. Jesus didn't feed the 5,000. They were hungry as a reason he fed 5,000. But the hunger he first fed was spiritual. The Mary No Nuns in Latin America, all they talk about is social stuff. Take the land, do this. I've read their stuff. I've heard one of the nuns on the radio say, well, communism is good. Where are they coming from? Where's the history that shows this? There's nothing about communism. There's nothing about socialism that leads to God and good. But they've fallen on this false philosophy. They've masqueraded social justice when reality becomes socialist justice. So his first priority is for that purpose. Christians are confused on this kind of thought. They're by thinking that the goal of socialism 
or to do these things, which they don't identify even as socialism, is just to help their brother, help the poor. That's what Judas said. All that money could go to the poor. He espoused the same thing. Jesus said, you always had the poor. Mary's pouring the perfume on Jesus. He's doing worship, honor. God would take care of that to the church, to you as a Christian, to the poor. So wasn't it Stalin who said of these people who misunderstand what this is about, that they're useful idiots, that he would use these? And we see that. This is idiotic, really. People say, oh, this is bold. You're saying this. No, I'm saying the thought process. The priesthood is sacred. But we've got a mentality that's pervasive that can be described as just being used as useful idiots for something that's atheism. You know, socialism makes the state the means and the end. The first commandment states that thou shalt not have no gods before us. And so what happens when people do this? What does a socialist state do? What does it become? It becomes a god to the people. And once that happens, it provides their needs. It gives this. They all look to the state. Everybody's looking to the state. This bishop's looking to the state. Not to the church. Not to Christ. Not teaching the brothers out there, the Christians. Hey, turn to God. He'll provide. Didn't we just hear this? Seek God's kingdom first. Teach that. And everything will be given besides. Not teach the government. Go do this. Go do that. We've got the wrong system. We're not an agrarian system. We're not close to the soil. We're a false system. Mostly making money on paper and investments. that trickle down to this and that. and Doesn't mean anything. They're not producing. No wonder there's unemployment. The system's bound to correct itself. Bringing a lot of people out of these roles. Back to where they can feed themselves. Where is that in the letter? Many of these people right in your subdivision can eat on acre of land. We need to be teaching, look at how to provide for yourself. What can you do? And people are doing it. We hear it every day from people here. They're starting to think different. Don't follow this thinking that has led us to the path we're on now, which is disaster. Let's just pay an appointment until the system comes back. The system's not going to come back. It's broken. Because once you break the first commandment, thou shalt not have no gods before me, you make the state the God, what do you think happens to the other nine commandments? They're all violated and they're ignored. Socialists elevate the state as if God and our leaders look to become God. Look at North Korea right now. Look at the funeral of their God. There were 60 million people who lost their lives between 1917 and 1991 through the socialist state, socialist rule. This is good. And so as the U.S. moves toward this, toward this social justice, we're not really teaching justice. Rather, we're trying to answer mankind's problems for peace and what he wants is bread, his land. That the government, the socialist justice, leads us to this kind of thinking, which is always disillusionment, disappointment, and slavery. The Israelites did the same thing. A Bible verse from Nehemiah that fits this is we're being led right now to slavery. And people don't get it. Our Lady said this, 1989, June 25th, saying this special plans to enslave you through materialism. He's active in this plan. All this is part of the Satan scheme. The unemployment problem is that way. There's a way to get around the unemployment, become employed. What can you do for yourself? What can you do and meet your needs without going out and having even a job? A lot of stuff, a lot of things. This is from Nehemiah chapter 5, and it says, Now there arose a great outcry of the people and of their wives against the Jewish brethren. For there were those who said, With our sons and our daughters we are many, let us eat grain, that we may eat and keep alive. There were also those who said, We are mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, and our houses to get grain because of the famine. 
And there were those who said, We have borrowed money for the king's tax upon our fields and our vineyards. Now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren, our children are as their children, yet we are forcing our sons and daughters to be slaves, and some of our daughters have already been enslaved, but it is not in our power to help it, for other men have our fields and our vineyards. I was very angry when I heard their outcry in these words. I took counsel with myself, and I brought charges against the nobles and the officials. I said to them, You are exacting interest, each from his brother, and I held a great assembly against them. And I said to them, We, as far as we are able, have brought back our Jewish brethren who have been sold to the nations. But you even sell your brethren that they may be sold to us. They were silent and could not find a word to say. So I said, The thing that you are doing is not good. Ought you not to walk in the fear of our God to prevent the taunts of the nations, our enemies? Moreover, I and my brethren and my servants are lending them money and grain. Let us leave off this interest. Return to them this very day their fields, their vineyards, their olive orchards, their houses, and the hundredth of money, grain, wine, and oil which you have been exacting of them. Then they said, We will restore these and require nothing from them. We will do as you say. And I called the priest and took an oath of them to do as they had promised. And I also shook out my lap and said, So may God shake out every man from his house and from his labor who does not perform this promise, so that he may be shaken out and emptied. So there you have it. We were coming enslaved, and the government's making that because they want you dependent on it. Because the people who become the gods of the government, those bureaucrats with the power, godlike power, dole this out to keep you slaves. And this letter just perpetuates that. Where's the wisdom? Where's the vision to see what we need to do? Socialism is just a utopia, a dreamy idea of creating a new world, free from injustice, corruption, and all the world be cleaned up from them. All the revolutions started this way. This is done to intoxicate you, so you'll be drunk with this idea, and yet give me that, all the while being led away from God to the state. And immorality follows. Is that not what's happened in this country? The most blessed nation in the history of the world on earth? Intoxicated with materialism and things. And we think we're owed a job, and we don't get it. The government's got to come and give it to us. This is why people form the verbiage of nanny state. My nanny. I don't see any of that in seek God's kingdom first. Christianity has elevated man, make advances as never other people's other religions ever done. It can't be any other ways. Socialism views man really as a, a temporal being who's supposed to be serving the eternal state. Our biblical view, our Christian view, is that man is eternal and this temporal state serves him. And I don't mean that be misinterpreted what I just said, that it's to give and give him and pay for Continue him to be employed. Do you think maybe we walked out on a plank that we got so heavy it's about to break into the system that a lady may have been right? Perhaps maybe she might just be right. That Satan has planted to enslave you through materialism. We borrowed, we went into debt, we sold ourselves, and now we want the government to come to rescue. And who is the government? But we, the people. We fund it. So as more people come in unemployed, who's going to fund the unemployed? Nobody can fix that except you. And yes, there's been misfortunes. There's been bad luck. There's been bad decisions. But that's where the church comes in, not the government. We vacated that. We're allowed something to continue. shouldn't continue. Everything just goes bust. Am I advocating that and wanting that? No. But the most healthiest thing is cut the cancer out. We're due for a correction economically, globally, because we went globalization rather than localization. 
We need to be villages. We need to be community. And people's needs can be met in that format by the local church. Really what this is about, and this letter's about, is the church has failed. It vacated its position for the nanny state. It's taught that. It's preached that. And this letter simply continues of it. Wake up. Okay, so Congress votes for this. We continue this. What happens more is more people become unemployed. This follows the same pattern. First they came for the Jews. I said nothing. Then they came for the Catholics. I said nothing. Then they came for me. No one was left. What are you going to do when everybody else is unemployed? Don't wait for the government. Start making your decision now. What can you do to change? Do you have assets in your house? Can you downsize? Can you go buy a patch of land? Can you get independent? Can you gain your own autonomy? That's what needs to be taught by the shepherds. The church is looking in the opposite direction. Mariana hasn't been saying every month for a long time, pray for your shepherds that they won't go astray. I quote that. One month she says, pray they don't go astray. This is going astray. This is not following the church's teachings. You say, who am I to be saying that? I'm not saying that. I'm saying what the church says. You can doctor it. You can change it. You can do it. You can be an inserter. Those who go and say, well, the church teaches this. The church says this. Go for yourself and see what the church teaches. Match that up to the scriptures when somebody's trying to tell you what the church teaches. By the sweat of your brows, you shall eat. This is the path of the future. You want a future? You go toward Jesus. God himself became a carpenter. He had to work for a living. He was born in poverty. It wasn't a sin. Poverty is not a sin. Do you get that? It's not a nasty thing. In fact, some of the most happiest people in the world are those in poverty. And Joseph wasn't lazy. And when the need came, seek first God's kingdom. Mary and Joseph, I think, were doing that. For everything I can tell what the scripture says. Everything I can tell they did and dutifully what the government said to do when they said to go do the census on complying natural law. It wasn't against natural law, which a lot of unnatural law is being done that people want to collaborate with. So they're being good Jews. They go to Bethlehem. And in the poverty, Jesus is born in a mangy stable. But they were seeking first God's kingdom. And they got gold. And I wouldn't think a king would come all the way with just a couple of coins. I can reason out from there they were told to go to Egypt. They lived there probably and possibly very clearly several years. They had to have housing. He didn't have occupation when he got there. Seek verse God's kingdom and all things will be given to you besides. Laziness is not part of that. It wasn't the government that came and gave Jesus and Mary and Joseph, the family, the gold. These gifts were from God. And if you want to work, you want to take on the virtual work, Instead of sitting around waiting on the government to take care of you, God would bless that. You'll feel better about yourself. You'll feel better about your future. And you'll have a future. Because Jesus is the way. Our lady says there's no future without Jesus. And this way in this letter is not the future. Don't be mesmerized and intoxicated by the government's going to continue to take care of you. Get away from the government. It is a bad villain. It is in slavery. It is a desire to bring you to socialism and to ruin and disaster and even in jail and persecuted and even killed, perhaps. Leave it. Think of ways you can do. What can you do now? You think, I don't have to work. I got an unemployment check. It's not the way it works. You can do it. You can choose it. You can follow the good shepherds. You can follow the bad shepherds' directions. It's all up to you. It's Pat Piper. Don't follow this thought. I totally reject this letter as far as what it's asking for.
And you have been listening to A Friend of Medjugorje from December 29, 2011. The title of the broadcast was, Where Does This Thinking Come From? At a certain point in time, a friend of Medjugorje began to speak about the miraculous metal Medjugorje Silver Realm and the storing of your wealth. And the reason why we're going to continue to share that portion of the broadcast with you is because it's one of the longest and most complete explanations that he gives about the reason why you would want to store your wealth in silver. And it ties completely to what he was speaking about earlier in the broadcast about employment. And so to conclude the broadcast, here again is a friend of Medjugorje, December the 29th, 2011. And what is God's means of exchange biblically? One of them was silver, the other was gold. Besides trading in this, not using exchange. Everything really is not for a means of exchange, but to get one product from another product. And so are goods and services. We have a stored value of, I'm saving up money for a new mattress or something, and we put it in something, a means to hold that, save that mattress in that coinage or that paper, which we've done it in the dollar, but now it's not back, so it's headed for a crash and a fall. So you store your means into something. We've always done that. Man, since his origin's done that, it could be a beaver pelt that he wants to get a bunch of pelts and trade it for something else. But he can't get back to England after he'd been in America in the early days. So they give him silver. That stores all those beaver pelts. That's really beaver pelts. That's his labor. That's his hunting. Then he goes to England and buys his house or exchange or teas or whatever. So that's it's merely a means of exchange. We came up with the concept, why not put the miraculous metal on that? And so why silver? Because it's a safe means to hold it. The dollar's not. Don't save your labor or the house that you sold, or or some other things that you've made, or, or your carpentry work. Don't save it in dollars. Save it in silver. Save it in something that has something, but use that means of exchange when it goes out. Then they got the miraculous metal. So that's the philosophy behind it, and it's not theoretical. People have converted with tremendous stories. Ain't going to happen in the book. It says this. I go in that detail because I just built, if you've never listened to our show before, and then if you want to give this to others, so you understand that. And then even that is transitional. The whole goal is not to get save anything, but to get you to a way of life, get you a patch of land, get your house, get your where you're growing your food, where you got your autonomy. And then if you're employed somewhere at the steel factory down the road, you've got this to fall back on. And actually, you shouldn't be falling back on it. People fall back on their employment, but don't even fall back on your land. Be building it. Be living that way. Be canning. Be taking care of your needs, meaning that if something does happen, you don't even have to switch gears. Like the old country song says, somebody told us Wall Street fell, but we never knew because the grass was always green around our house. Because, in other words, they, the cow ate the grass, they ate the cow. They weren't hooked into the exchange system. You want not to be having exchange or having to work for something to exchange it in this and store your labor or your assets in that and then go trying to buy your food by it. Don't do that. This system is very, very fragile. When it comes down, you're not going to have the system that's going to provide that with even silver. So the goal is to get to where you're taking care and you're within your own autonomy with God. You're not going to be independent. Your subsistence and your living will be coming, working with the kingdom of God. Seeking his ways first, how he wants you to live. And that starts right in Genesis. Read your Bible. Read the New Testament. 
See what it talks about the virtue. Where are we teaching the virtue of work? All we're talking about is unemployment. Unemployment. Yeah, you're, you're a victim. You're a victim of unemployment. No, you're a victim of the devil, if you think that way. Cast off those shackles. Break loose of the system and start thinking and live the Christian life virtuous. No one should sit around and just wait for something to come along, especially in this day. You're just waiting for the guillotines, all you're waiting for. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.